This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of practical shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hi, Jim. Hi, Brian. We're going to jump into topic in just one minute. But before we do that, you can go to practicalshepherding.com. You can get all the resources we have there, see all the content that we produced with all the intent to just help pastors in their ministry to know how to practically do the things that, honestly, we don't learn really anywhere else other than being taught about them or learning them in the local church. And so uh, go to the, the web page. You can access any of those things that we have. You can also go to the contact page and reach out to us as well as uh, write us about any podcast episodes you want us to tackle, any of those kinds of things. Any way we could be a help, that contact page is the best way to, to reach us in that way. Jim, we want to jump into topic today. And this topic was a result of somebody who wrote in asking us about this. Mm-hmm. A really, really important topic, we would say. And yep. one I would argue is becoming a lost art among younger pastors. And that is, how does a pastor care for those who are dying? And this could be a, a plethora of things from people who are on their deathbed to somebody who gets a cancer diagnosis and spends right. years slowly dying or mm. whatever it is. I mean, we, we were talking about it earlier. I mean, the that pastors, the work that pastors do, are we're all dying. We're, we're, we're slowly, every day we each move closer to death and some faster than others. But when, when our task is that kind of the idea of eternity and preparing people to spend forever with Christ or people who aren't in right. Christ, that's so much of what a pastor does. So mm-hmm. we want to be true to answer this question, but we also realized when this question came in, man, what an important topic that yeah. we really haven't talked a whole lot about. We ha- do have some resources as a ministry around this. We do want to let you know we have stuff on funerals. We have stuff on how to visit the sick, how to care for widows, and uh, how to care for grieving people. We have some different books and resources around that. But we haven't talked a ton about this, and so we want to tackle this a bit today. Jim, just a biblical foundation to think through when we're talking about a pastor's role to care for dying people. Brian, the Lord says that he's going to give, he would give to his people shepherds after his own heart. So the Lord is a model, and, and to the degree we can, we follow that model. And one of the things that we read about in Psalm 23 is that, you know, shepherds walk his people through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, right now, in doing that, I mean, it's obvious he's doing that. And it's his, you know, it's his nearness that comforts. But there is something about that that you know, how did he do that? And 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 was it? Did the Lord use other people and use His word to help and comfort people mm-hmm. as they're going through that? You know, the the reality, as you mentioned, Brian, that we are we are dying men and we are ministering to dying men. Baxter's famous quote, right. I preached as never sure to preach again as a dying man to dying men. Mm-hmm. As a, yeah. So the, uh, Paul is, you, you see Paul preparing his people, the people of God for suffering and for glory, reminding them about that there's a resurrection to come. And that doesn't just help those who have lost someone. It helps those who will themselves one day be, in that casket yeah, right. or lowered into that ground. Um, so the, the whole talk of the resurrection, the reality that suffering is momentary in light, it gives way to a greater weight of glory, uh, that we are preparing people for glory, for a resurrection to come, that this world is not all that there is. And so there's a general ministry to that, but then you have the more specific ministry, and that is, okay, yeah, it's it's true that we never know. We never know when we're preaching if this is the last Lord's Day that somebody's going to be there. We never know if it's our last Lord's Day. Right. Um, 
Brian, we just did. We just talked about in our previous podcast about sabbaticals. I don't know if you saw the story of Thomas McKenzie's pastor in Nashville, his Anglican pastor in Nashville. He was leaving for sabbaticals, first day of sabbatical. Oh, I did see this with his daughter, and he was killed. Yeah, uh, and his daughter. Uh, he and his daughter well. both. Yeah. Horrible, horrible story. Yeah, uh, of that. And yet, you know, he was preparing his people for leaving for a time. Mm-hmm. And he's a man who had preached number of funerals had comforted many who were grieving but you know the, the reality is you know he didn't know he didn't know it was going to be his last he didn't know if it was going to be his last lord's day yeah. you know he preached his final sermon and didn't know it mm-hmm. thought he's going away for a while and he was going away humanly speaking forever mm. so we never know when it's going to happen to us we never know when somebody you know i've had it you've had it somebody's there one lord's day and the next they're gone yeah uh, but other times, you know, they, they know they, they, you know, everybody, we said this in prep, everybody comes with an expiration date. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're able to read that expiration date. And so somebody gets a diagnosis and they know, so a dear lady in our church who died of ALS, you know, you knew it's going to, it's going to be about a year, right. you know, from her diagnosis, you know, no cure, went, no, there's no, no yeah. cure. Mm-hmm. Uh, a young man in our church who had glioblastoma, mm-hmm. you know, it's about going to be about a 14 months. Yep. You know, you just knew it, it, it may have been sooner than that. He's not going to last much longer than that. Yeah. Uh, others, you know, where you, 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 you called alongside and they say, you know, it looks like either it's five or six weeks or it's a few days or, you know, we think we're going to lose him. And you go in and you begin to, they know it, you know it, it's out in the open, you don't have to dance around it or you shouldn't dance around it. Maybe it's part of what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you address it directly? Do you talk about, okay, uh, how do you do that in a way that's not frightening, that's not distressing, that they don't freak out um, as you acknowledge what you know and what they know. Yeah. So let's talk about that. What does that well, look like when, when, when to have that conversation? What kinds of conversations do you well, have? What I'd like to do before we dig into the practicalities, I want us to take a minute to acknowledge why this is important because I'm dealing personally talking to a lot of different pastors who uh, there's this wave of younger pastors, especially who have a high view of preaching but a very low view of shepherding. Mm. And I want to just take a minute and address it because this is a topic that's worth addressing this. I say this often, and I want to say it again here, that the two two of the most important places that any pastor can do ministry is the hospital room and the funeral home. Mm. And it's the two places a lot of pastors run away from or they send their deacons to do, or yeah. they send somebody else to do. Right. And I want to make I, I want to make an argument. People who know me are not going to be surprised at all to hear me get on this soapbox. But I want to I want to make a push that no, this good. is the heart of a pastor's ministry is doing this work. So before we get into the practicalities, I'd like for us to just talk about what like what are some of the you know what are some of the the joys of of this being such a part of the regular life of being. A pastor. I, I reflect back on 25 years of ministry, pastoral ministry, and some of my greatest joys were some of the hardest things. Yeah. But there were great joys to to you know usher people to Jesus mm. and walk alongside them as they yeah. do it. Like th- there is something about the finality. I think um, holding you know truly believing, feeling the weight of Hebrews 13:17 that says. Obey your leaders, submit to them, because we give account uh, for souls uh, as those who will give an account. Care for souls as those who give an account. If you really take that passage seriously, then I, it was it was really strange when I would 
do the funeral of someone. And it was somebody that I was there when they died. I, I, I walked for months with them to that point mm-hmm. where they died. You spiritually care for them and you comfort them and you're just present with them. When they finally die and they go to be with Jesus, and you're certain they knew Jesus, and then you do their funeral and all that wraps up. At the end, there is this incredible, there, there's, a, there's a deep sadness with a satisfaction. Right. It's hard to describe. It's the best way to describe it, and I would say, as I look back on my ministry, like it was. Those are some of the most um, enriching experiences as a pastor to be able to feel like if we're called to if we're called to give an account for souls to Jesus, then the people we've yeah. been able to walk to that place and right. care well for them is. It's hard to describe the the joy and the satisfaction that comes with that. Would you agree with that statement? I, I do. Um, one of my mentors said, uh, it's, it's the job of a pastor to get their people to heaven in the best shape possible. Mm-hmm. And if we're to watch over souls as those that will give an account, your oversight is over. And there's a sense, there's, there's that sense of satisfaction is that God helped me to oversee this soul for the entire time that they were entrusted to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't lose them. You know, you don't want to lose, you know, you don't want to lose one of your sheep. They kept the faith and you walked with them sometimes through the joy of their conversion and baptism. And then uh, all the way through to the time that they go to be with the Lord. If you, you know, in some of these cases, you, I, I, I had the privilege of doing that in, in some cases. Uh, and yeah, there is that. It's so sad in so many ways. It's you know there's there's such heartache that goes along with death. But when somebody dies in the Lord, there is something that's also precious and hopeful for because they're so secure. The story it's over. I mean the story's over. They got there. They didn't blow it. They didn't turn away. They didn't deny the faith. You know, all those things that are all the uncertainties when you shepherd someone through mm-hmm. this warfare and the enemies assaulting and all of the rest. Well, here's someone. They kept the faith. The race is over. They finished the race. They've kept the faith. That's that's a joyful thing. It really is. It really uh, is. You know, like so the, the you, balance of like hopeful sadness is one of the most satisfying mm. feelings as a pastor. Yeah. Like you have to be able to sit with sadness and yet there's so much joy in knowing like this is what this is about kind of yeah. that kind of moment, you know, and, and and pastors who run from this for whatever reason either they don't, they don't feel it's their responsibility. Many pastors don't don't have the emotional capacity to sit in these moments and and they they're just missing this this huge joy that yeah. comes with being able to do this work like that. Yeah. So, so what? Let's let's turn to some of the practicalities, Jim, because I think that's the heart of the question. But I wanted to be able to take a minute and really emphasize, like that the 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 grinding work of a pastor. Part of it, certainly a big part of it, is preparing a sermon or sermons every week. But right. it is it is just walking with messy, broken people, sinful people, just like us every day, and to walk with them until Jesus takes them home. Right. And we do the best, as your mentor said, we, we do the best we can to get them there in the best condition right. possible. And th- that's such a such a, a beautiful definition, I think, of what yeah. a tangible way of what it means to be a pastor when you see the imperatives in Scripture of shepherd the flock, give an account for souls. That's exactly what we're we're doing. So in regard to people who are who are dying like clearly, you know, maybe have a, a shorter runway to, to where they right. meet Jesus, a cancer diagnosis, and they're given three months. 
somebody who's you rush to the hospital maybe just has days to live or whatever it's going on yeah those are the moments that pastors get phone calls out of nowhere you have to leave whatever you're doing and you go to the hospital or you go to somebody's that the nursing home or whatever it might be can we talk about some of the practicalities jim that just throw some random things out there think young pastor realizes this is what he's supposed to be doing but he has no experience really doing this but he knows this is going to be a part of his work what kind of practical advice would you give him? Let's kind of maybe go back and forth. Yeah, on this. I, I've, I've got three things that come to mind. If all I can right, remember one, that, I'm going to go, go one yeah, first, one, yeah. one at a time. Because you're going to take all Right. Mine. No, I'm not going to. I hope I won't do that. Um, but the first thing is, is talk to them about the comforting aspects and the promises of God for people that are transitioning from this life to the next. That is the certain hope that they have in Christ, the, the, what will happen as you, uh, as you open your eyes. I, I, when I awake, I will awaken your likeness. You know, it talks about your, at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The, to, to talk about as best you know, as best you understand some of the joys that await them. Uh, there's not a, a lot of good books on this or a couple, um, I don't know what you think of Randy Alcorn's book on heaven or if you've ever read it. It's got a lot of speculation in there, but it's interesting speculation. Yeah. Uh, my friend Ted Donnelly has written a book on heaven and hell. Mm. Um, you know, there are other books that talk about it. There's a lot of songs that talk about it. It's interesting, Brian, a little almost a side note here. The great majority of older hymns ended in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. If you think about that, look at look yeah, at them, true. look them up. That they, fourth they verse. End, the fourth verse yeah. or the fifth verse or yeah. whatever it is, it ends with heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think part of that was because death was earlier, uh, came earlier in the older older days than it did now. You were losing 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, women in childbirth over and over again. Yeah, that's right. You know, I've been a pastor, Brian, for 30 years plus. I've only done a handful of funerals. As I say, yeah, that's always amazed it's, me. It's, still, yeah, you know, you've so, done so few I've, I've done yeah, far, 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 far more more wedding we, weddings and funerals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, far more, you know, uh, holding babies than I have comforting the yeah. dead and the dying, or the, or the the dying and the bereaved. Uh, but I think that's the first thing. So talk to them about the joys that await them uh, in Pilgrim's Progress. You have, you have if you go through the whole book, you, you have when when Christian is in the river and he's going to cross over to the celestial city. It's terrifying. Yep. He's terrified. Now his wife, she walks like ankle deep when she walks through, but he goes under and he's spinning around and, 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 and he's terrified. And I think Bunyan was recognizing that that's not the same for everybody, that some saints enter into death with much more ease. Yeah. Some are some, it's, it's a very scary prospect and, and to help them to know, help them. This is where you're going. So, Hey, you're going. You're going to go to the Grand Canyon. You're going to get map books out. You know, maybe you're going to you're going to look at pictures. You're going to look at videos. Someone's going to go to heaven. Get them. Get the map book out. Yeah. Remind them. Talk yeah. to them about their hope and security in Christ That's and good. the promises given to people in that situation. That's good. I'll, I'll mention. I'll mention one that I think is just really practical and one that I think is really helpful and that a that some people just don't know how to do it well, and that is. To the, the power of presence. I think we, we go into these situations and we just spend way too many time using words. We just, we talk the moment away. Right. And when someone's dying and you 
there's no cure. Right. There's no medicine. They're on a timetable at this point. Mm-hmm. It's days, it's weeks, it's whatever. Uh, to just go and sit with people mm-hmm. uh, is is a powerful ministry. And I have to confess, my first 15, 17 years, I missed big time. Mm-hmm. So I've learned this in less than, last, yeah. less than 10 years. And man, it has transformed my pastoral ministry and just my ministry to just a human being to realize yeah. that maybe the best thing this person needs right now is for me to just sit with them. It's great. Unfazed with that the fact that they're dying. But I'm yeah. here with you. I, you know, and it's almost like you're comfortable, you're not afraid to sit with them even though they're dying. It almost calms them in a really powerful yeah. way. So the power of presence don't especially when there's really other than, you know, other than the moments like you said where there's there's an opportunity to talk about the hope of Christ, the hope of heaven. That right. those are good things to talk Allay about. Allay their fears, but yeah. to not, but to not react to the uncomfortableness of the moment by talking it away right. is something a lot of people do. So another one you would throw out there: practical help. Yeah. So well, I hope I don't. I'm not contradicting what you've just said. No, but no, but I think I think Brian talking to them about their funeral. Oh yeah, that's good. And to that's say, good. hey, you know, tell me, tell me, you know, what do you want me to say? You know, because there's something very powerful at a funeral to be able to look at unbelievers who are there because they love this person. This mm. is their mother, their grandmother, their spouse, their friend, their neighbor. Mm-hmm. And to say, you know, before she passed, you know, Maria said to me, when I'm gone, you know, so or I could, or Ralph, I'll, I'll pick Ralph. Uh, Ralph, an older brother in the church who died a few years ago. And... Again, being able to be with him toward the end was so sweet. He, he was just so he was so encouraging to me. Right, sure. He was so loving. to Another me. Another reason to do this kind of work. But right? but he, you know, with some of the last strength that he had in his in his closing days, brother, <laughs> at my funeral you tell them this, you know, and you yeah. tell them about that. Yeah. And he had a daughter that for whom he was concerned. He had grandchildren that didn't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And to be able to say, listen, your dad and your grandpa, with some of his dying breath, told me to tell you yeah. again about the Savior and the hope that he had. He has a hope that you may not share, and he so desperately wanted yeah. you to share. He was thinking of you. That's right. He was thinking days, yeah. of you. Yeah. There's something very powerful about that, totally. and, and, and you're not going to get that if you're like, you know, hemming and hawing, oh, I'm sure you're going to get better, you know. Oh, no, no, it's going to be, you know, you're all you're going to be fine. Right. No, but they know it, and you know it, and you, and, you, and you ask them, are there, is there a passage of Scripture that you'd like read? Are there hymns? You know, my wife's told me, I, I already, I've got, you know, I know it and the kids know it. I want these four hymns sung at my funeral, you know, kind right. of a thing. Yeah. And some people will tell you that. And if you know that, then, then you know, you, you, you can honor that. But that they have a part in mm-hmm. saying those things. I think it's a very powerful uh, way to use their death for the gospel. That is great advice. I, I love that idea. And actually, it, it kind of connects to what, uh, what I was going to say, I think there's another benefit in even doing what you said. Talking about the funeral and asking them about things like that uh, allows you to just acknowledge the mo- what's going on in the moment. Yeah, it's very, like you kind of alluded to it, but a lot of people, again, it's usually out of being uncomfortable in the moment. Right. As an individual, you try to make it sound better than it is, or you just don't talk about it at all. And right. I mean, you, we've all watched tons of people deal with the loss and death that way that they just don't face it to sit down with a dying person and say, Hey, 
can we talk about your funeral a yeah. minute? Yeah. Like th- that takes it head on, right? Wow. Yeah. I mean, nothing slaps you in the face like this. Is it like you, you don't. You, you may need to earn the right. You know, if, you're, if this is your second week in the pastorate, you might not want to do that. Fair but. enough. Yeah, exactly. But but to your point, is that not exactly the the you've earned the right to do that if you are the pastor of that person, right? And they're expecting you, almost wanting. A lot of times they'll volunteer it. Like, look, yeah. I want to talk to you about my funeral and stuff. Man, what just just a really special moments to talk to yeah. be able to have those with people uh so i so that would be along those lines don't be afraid to talk about death with people who are dying right uh, uh that and and find the ways to do that but, but a lot of a lot of times uh, even pastors would are afraid to want to go there they're, they're dying i don't want to just pile on and talk about death all the time right but you know they will they know they're dying especially at that point they will respect your honesty to be willing to, you know, to talk about it. Maybe one other practical help, Jim. Assure them as best you can that y'all will do the best you can as a church to take care of their loved ones. Oh, that's good. That's good. I think that that's if there's anything that sticks with someone as they're dying, particularly the younger they are, it, you know, a wife's leaving and, and she says, you know, you're gonna. You know, you're gonna look in on my hubby, you know, or 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 telling a husband who's dying that the church is gonna be there for your wife and for your kids, and, and just you know, we're, we're gonna be there. You know, we're we're not gonna let them. They're, they're not gonna starve. Not gonna lose their house. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna be. You know, whatever whatever way you yeah, can give the, that help, I, I think encouraging them with that helps them to to die in peace. That's good. I'll mention the last one. I'll try to. Um, the to find a way and again this is why you want to you want to know your people as a pastor but to be able to sit with somebody when they're about to die you know them well you know their life they know you know them well to be able to look at them and say you honored jesus with your life Mm. like you can die well Mm. in this moment um it's almost like being in a position as a pastor to be able to bless somebody like that, yeah, um, I, I have found there just to be a really special bonding moment, mm. kind of like this was my job, this was my yeah. call, yeah, and you let me, and you let me in, and you let me be a part of your life in this way, and it's okay for you to go now. Yeah. You've lived a faithful life, and and that is that's been some of the most my most special moments with people when they've died. Brian, there's a. I think I know the context, and I'm not exactly sure, so I'm not going to say it other than this, that long ago, unbelievers and commenting on a community of Christians, their comment was, their people die well. Mm -hmm. And that was in contrast, obviously, with watching other people die and seeing unbelievers die. And there's something about that community, because there's a community of hope, that does talk just, you know, we're not just, our, our, our ministries aren't just about, you know, how to be the best this and the best of that and mm-hmm. how to, you know, be successful in life. Yep. It is a reality that we are dying men talking to dying men and that there's a world to come and, and we want to help prepare them for that so that when the time comes, they can, we can help them die well. That's good. Here's my final word and then I'm going to ask you to pray. And that's, there is a, there's a fascinating paradox uh, in the Christian life in that Christians are able to live their life not afraid of death at all and yet terrified of dying. Mm. 
And I just say that as the final admonition of this is why the work we do is so important. We have a message mm. that tells people you don't have to be afraid to die at all and mm. what will come. But death, dying, the prospect of dying and how we'll die and how mm. we'll suffer is terrifying to most people. Yeah. And I want to say that there's a difference in those two things. Like, it, and I, I think it's a really it's crucial for a pastor to understand that the prospect and the process of dying is a totally different thing than understanding. I don't have to be afraid of what happens after I die. Yeah, amen. and so so this is why this work's important. Why giving priority to the people who are in that position in your congregation, I think, is so crucial. So, Jim, will you pray? that just pastors will have wisdom to know how to care for the, for dying folks yeah. through this. Father in heaven, it's such a rich privilege to serve your people in life and to serve them as they transition by your providence into the world to come. And Father, pray that you would aid us both in our regular ministry as we help people to have a, a, a true assurance of faith and uh, live out a fruitful Christian life that should they be taken unexpectedly from us, that uh, they've been prepared by the ministry of the Word. But Father, for those who are entering into a phase uh, where they know that within a matter of days or weeks or, or months that they are leaving this world and it's and it's pressing upon them. Father, we pray that as, as your rod and staff comfort, as your presence goes with your people in hard times, that, Lord, we would be uh, like-minded and like-hearted shepherds. Uh, help, help us, Father, to comfort the grieving. Help us, Father, to comfort those who are scared. Uh, help us, Father, to give hope to those who are, are battling hopelessness. And Father, that they may know that, that grand entrance into that world to come, that they have finished their race, they've kept the faith, and there is stored up for them a reward. We thank you for that hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.